0: What's going on everyone? Welcome into the PFN fantasy football podcast. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at Kyle YNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sopi. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. And ladies and gentlemen, do my eyes deceive me? Is that Derek Tate back from internet purgatory? Derek Tate, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. I'm so happy to be back.
1: I'm 37 years old now and I'm just, you know, feeling it because I'm already having an energy drink. Let's do this. Thank you for having me back. And thank you, Verizon. For the NFL Sunday ticket and high-speed internet, go ahead and go to verizonfiles.com. <laughs> really, really.
0: Official official I'm, sponsor of the PFN Fantasy oh, Football Podcast. Promo code
2: Tate. T-A-T-E. Yep, promo code
0: Tate. Kyle, how are you today on this fine Monday coming off of a big fantasy draft weekend?
2: I'm doing good, man. We're past the preseason finally. But, I mean, you m- mentioned it earlier, Derek coming off a birthday weekend. And I was curious because this is the case for me in my life. I don't know if I'm in a bubble here or if you guys agree with me. Like ninety percent of the women in my life make a huge deal about every birthday every year, and I don't think I've made a big deal about a birthday in at least a decade, probably more. How do you guys? How does that ratio fit for you guys in your life? Well, it. I said, don't do anything for me because yeah, I don't want to okay. celebrate getting any older. It's not exactly. that big of a deal.
1: I want to focus on my daughters when they have a birthday. Go all sure, out for sure. them. Like, let's put
2: put the focus up on to a kids. certain age. So
1: I always say, not a big deal. Um. So yeah nothing big it was a it was a fun low-key birthday for me i went out to dinner for a little bit and had a couple had a couple beers, that was about as exciting as it got.
0: <laughs> I, I My stance is past 21 years old, like just birthdays yep. really just kind of go downhill from there, Um, Couldn't and so this past birthday that I had earlier this month, it was just kind of like, I've worked, my wife was at work, my kids were at daycare, like <laughs> we didn't do anything. Uh, So it's just pretty much the way that it is, I think once you get past 21, but happy birthday, Derek Tate, I'm glad to have you back on the podcast. All right, we are going to have, oh man, we're gonna have so much fun here on this podcast today, drafting an all sleeper team, before we do that, though, want to talk about the preseason is officially behind us. So let's talk about a player that you are changing your tune on here. This after the NFL preseason, maybe you went in with just some question marks. You went in with just a little bit of uncertainty and you got some clarity, whatever that case may be, they moved up or down your rankings. So Kyle Sapi, I will throw it to you first to talk about how you have moved Damian Pierce up your rankings over Isaiah Pacheco.
2: Hasn't quite happened yet. And I, I don't think that'll happen. I could, if I'm being completely honest with you, and I've only worked with you for a month or two here, I am so stubborn <laughs> that it could be week 18, and I am not going to put him ahead of him in my ranks. Like, that's just how this works. So you're losing that battle. But as far as somebody that I thought, I liked what I saw from this preseason as a whole was Rasheed Rice. Like, I, the rookie coming on for the Chiefs, we all want something to happen in the receiver room in Kansas City. He caught 14 and 19 targets this preseason, but that's not what – You know, that's not what gets me going here. 79% of his yards came after the catch. He plays in an offense with Patrick Mahomes where he can get you the rock quick. And the the only receiver in this offense that we feel good about roll-wise is MVS, and he just stretches the field. So that tells me that the underneath roll is open. Pacheco going to be on the field plenty, not really a pass catcher, so we can get those short dump-off passes. If that's Rice, and if he's doing things like 79% of his yards coming after – the catch like we could have a pseudo san fran situation where he's just piling up cheap catches and racking up yards it, some receiver is going to produce weekly for this offense rice right now kind of the leader in the clubhouse to do so in my opinion i'm taking that entire uh summary
0: as sky more slander and i will not stand for it uh derek tate okay. who is a player that you changed your tune on in the preseason you know i have this battle with objectivity and
1: I planted my flag pretty firmly on a breakout tight end candidate named Greg Dulcich. I'm a little bit concerned about his usage rate and the fact that it appears Sean Payton likes to have Adam Troutman as the preferred blocking inline tight end, losing, re- losing reps, getting snaps off the football field. On paper, Greg Dulcich should be, be someone we're excited about for an expanded role, right? Like a, a hamstring injury to Jerry Judy, uh, obviously, you know, KJ Hamler and, and, Tim Patrick, you know, no longer, you know, on the squad. So it's, or, well, I mean, Tim Patrick dealing with an injury. You get the point though. Like it should open up more passing volume for Greg Dulcich. I should be even higher on him, but yet I don't feel that way right now. So objectively, I have to say that I'm, I'm a little bit, I'd, I'd almost rather pivot and go with other high upside tight ends, which we may get to during this episode, other than Greg Dulcich at the current moment. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit skeptical about his breakout season being in 2023.
0: There's that range of tight ends in ADP right now that are like 12 to 15, which includes like Dalton Schultz, Chica Conquo, Greg Dulcich, all of those guys. I am changing my tune on like yeah. <laughs> I'm not really really high on any of them Maybe Chigakonko is still worth the dart throw just because of the efficiency and Traylon Burks Burke's potentially gonna miss a couple weeks into the season So maybe there but though that tier might just be a situation where I'm perfectly willing to let them fly by And take a dart throw on a hunter Henry that I've talked about here on this podcast on a Hayden Hurst These guys that have a clear role in their offenses. That's maybe the strategy that I'm going to deploy I will agree with you there on Greg Dulcich. Just a little bit of concern there with him. All right Guys, it was a massive, massive weekend. We were cranking out content over at ProFootballNetwork.com, and that is where you need to be to prepare for your fantasy football drafts if you still have one upcoming this weekend. ProFootballNetwork. Actually, we got a new website. PFNFantasy.com is where you need to be. PFNFantasy.com. We have our articles going out every single day. We have an... uh, Amazing writing team over here at Pro Football Network that is cranking out articles for you to read and prepare for your drafts. Additionally, we have a free fantasy football draft kit. It was, I've heard it, nothing but positive things from people that utilize this this weekend uh, going into their drafts. So you can find that over at pfnfantasy.com. Sleepers, busts, breakouts, cheat sheets, rankings, everything you need to dominate your draft can be found over at pfnfantasy.com with that free fantasy football draft kit. All right, guys, this is one of my favorite shows to do each and every year, the all sleeper team, but drafting the all sleeper team, which means that you two are going to get to go head to head to build out your all sleeper lineup. So that means that you have one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers and a tight end. The way that this will work, who got the first pick?
2: Derek decided to defer so I'm going to receive and take okay the first so pass. it is
0: a snake draft so Kyle Soppy will draft first and then Derek will draft around the turn and then it'll be turn 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 there's a ton of strategy that goes into this boys I will throw it to you Kyle Soppy who is the first player that you are going to draft to build out
2: your all sleeper team all right before we get to the winning team in this exercise here I want the world to know the good people out there listening that the restrictions here are outside the top 120 players in football guys ADP which our, our humble narrator here, Kyle Yates, put together. And, you know, some people might think 120, that's like 10 rounds in a 12-team league. Like, it sounds like a nice round number. I think the man came searching for me. He looked at Jacoby Myers' ADP, <laughs> saw that it was 118. and's like, oh, how could I get that It was completely unintentional, I but I'm so there. happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I wrote the whole thing up. I'm like, oh, yeah, my first pick, Jacoby Myers, like, no problem. He counts as a sleeper. Then uh, Kyle comes in and says, outside the top 120, I'm like, yeah, this might be close. 118, <laughs> Kyle. Not amused. But I am going to go with a guy Mr. Yates likes with the number one overall pick here. Jalen Warren, running back Pittsburgh Steelers. We saw the big play upside again in the preseason, and that's just something Najee doesn't have. And it's something I'm becoming increasingly positive that the Steelers want to explore. We saw Pickett stretch in the field. Pickens and Deontay Johnson running downfield, to me, that screams they want explosive play potential. And listen, Najee Harris has almost 700 career touches. His next 40-plus yard gain will be his first. He's in a three, four-way tie with the three of us. Like, that's a problem. (laughs) Jalen Warren is a good player. Not that Najee Harris isn't, and he's going to rack up volume. He hasn't missed a game in his career. He's going to be around. He's a viable fantasy asset. But I think Jalen Warren, this could be even if it's 65-35 to open the season, I think he could slide into the flex appeal, and there's there's room for more. I think this could be closer to 50-50 by season design.
0: Uh, I know that they went up against the Atlanta Falcons twos, their backups, uh, but man, that Pittsburgh Steelers offense looked really, really good Humming. there. And uh, Jalen Warren, yeah, not even close as far as the explosive playmaking ability compared to Najee Harris. Now, they have very different roles, but i think warren's in line for an increased workload here in 2023 i love that selection derek tate i'm gonna throw it over to you you have picks two and three where are we going to build out your all sleeper team you know it's soppy soldiers versus taters troops
1: and we're looking at this going one i'm drinking a a zoa energy drink which is from dwayne the rock johnson which is going one on one with the tate one i feel like i've already had the difficulty ratcheted up there you're telling me i'm going against kyle soppy like the computer it's like setting it all the way to expert (laughs) level when you play against chess in uh, you know a computer chess opponent sure so that being said though and i and i did have jacoby myers completely off my board because i knew you would take him at some point but it's unfortunate you don't get to go that direction at wide receiver (laughs) isn't it so you got to start three receivers in this little contest that we're having. So I'm going to go Adam Thielen, which he's seen at least 90 plus targets each of the last three seasons. And he's a reliable veteran option. I know not very exciting, but at this point I want to make sure that I'm getting some sort of reliable production on my roster. So I'm going to go Adam Thielen, who I do think is the number one wide receiver there in Carolina right now. You can say what you think about Johnny Mingo and, DJ Chark, I believe Chark is dealing with an injury. So for those two, I'm going to go Adam Thielen and Romeo Dobbs. I think that we saw a, like the Green Bay Packers have kind of tipped their hand. Who are going to be the important playmakers and cogs in this offense? We're going to see a lot of Christian Watson. We're going to see a lot of Romeo Dobbs. We're going to see a lot of, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, as usual. Uh, Jaden Reed seems like he's fitting into the slot. But Dobbs feels like somebody who has... Real 1B type of capabilities, and there's not an established pecking order quite yet as far as who's going to lead the team in targets. Is there a path where Dobbs potentially sees more targets than Watson? I think it's within the range of outcomes. So those two
0: wide receivers in a format where you got to start three, I feel pretty good about. All right, Adam Thielen there, wide receiver 59 off the board in Football Guys' ADP, uh, consensus ADP there, and then Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver 60, so back-to-back off the board in ADP there, and that's the whole, your your thought process for Romeo Dobbs is the entire reasoning for me listing Jaden Reed. Maybe we get Jaden Reed on uh, mentioned here later on, but we don't know. We don't know who Jordan Love is going to lock onto in this offense, and as we've seen through the usage throughout the preseason, it is Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as the starting two wide receivers on the outside when they go to three wide receivers Jaden Reed comes onto the field then as the slot role so Romeo Dobbs will be on the field a ton this year right now wide receiver 60 off the board that is a value Kyle Sabi I will throw it back over to you you have two
2: picks coming up I had Dobbs I have five receivers selected for my three spots and Dobbs was one of them but he was number four on the list so he wasn't a guy I was drafting but he was certainly on my radar I'm gonna short my backfield here make sure uh Tate doesn't come in and swoop what I'm doing on the running back position. Raheem Mostert going to be my second overall pick here. Listen, this Dolphins offense, six and a half yards per play with a healthy two of last year, led the league. They're going to be in scoring position. And right now, I don't know what's happening in this backfield, but they're dropping like flies. Jeff Wilson is injured, didn't play all preseason. That's kind of his thing. That's also Mostert's right. <laughs> thing. So I'm not acting like we're we're dealing with a healthy guy here, but he's the healthiest of the bunch right now. A-chain, a little behind the eight ball as far as development. And he's playing down. In the depth chart this preseason, again, that could change, but I think with Mostert, I'm getting a lead dog to open the season on an offense that I think is going to be top five, six in the NFL in scoring. So that's where I'm going. i sure up my running back position. I had a few other guys on my radar, but I get two of them out of the way there. And for my third pick, my first receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones, deep threat, Cleveland Browns. I want cheap exposure to the Deshaun Watson experience. Maybe he's back to Houston Texans, Deshaun. Maybe not, but I'm spending this kind of draft capital, and I'm going to find out. DPJ, he was one of four guys last year with over 500 yards and a 62% catch rate on balls thrown at least 10 yards. The other three are all going in the first round. Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey. So DPJ goes on a list with those three stars. I'm okay with that. The upside is there. Is there going to be down weeks? Sure. I know Kyle loves him, some Elijah Moore. And we all know Amari Cooper's good and that run game's gonna thrive. But DPJ for the big play upside, he's gonna give me seven, eight good weeks and he might outproduce Adam Thielen in those eight big weeks. So I'll take my chances there. I'll take down Derek Tate with DPJ as my number one receiver. (laughs) We've
0: talked about DPJ on this podcast already as sort of the same thought process and philosophy for drafting Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year. was the big play threat. Mm -hmm. You know that the consistency is not going to be there, but you know that you're going to get some big boom weeks in your flex. And if he scores you two points, it's your flex. It's not going to crush you. However, if he reels in that one deep pass, it can absolutely set your lineup over the top there. Raheem Mostert, I mean... Throw a dart at this backfield. We have absolutely no yeah. clue how it is going to play out here with Devon A-chain currently banged up. Uh, at, we just don't know. So Raheem Mostert, any of those guys, especially at their current ADPs, RB for, uh, Raheem Mostert was RB 45 off the board. So throw the dart there. Yeah. Fine Easy. option there for you to go. All right, Derek, you are back on the clock. You do not have to go running back here as Kyle Sapi has locked up both running back spots. What's the strategy that you're deploying and who are we drafting here?
1: Yeah, I was going to say the computer made an error right there because <laughs> now I don't have to take a run. One of my back. guys. Um, One of my just, guys. I could sit there and wait and I can get a head start at quarterback or tight end. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to take somebody that I feel really confident about now that he's been named the starter for the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy. Look, I understand he doesn't have the rushing upside of some of the other guys that are available past the 10th round, according to Football Guys ADP, but the floor that we saw last year was QB 14. All five starts. He never, had, he never finished lower than a top 15 quarterback. That's insane. At least two passing touchdowns in each of his five starts, and that doesn't even include the sixth game that he saw action last year, which he threw multiple touchdowns in that game. He is loaded to the gills with the best playmakers in the National Football League with CMC, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going to go ahead and get a little bit ahead of you here, Soppy. I don't know if that was the guy you're targeting. Probably not. But I feel really comfortable in this sleeper format with Brock Purdy as my quarterback. Uh, then I'll pivot over to tight end. And I'm taking one of your guys, but he's really my guy because I called every single one of his games at East Lake High School, a Tarpon Springs, Florida product, Tyler Higby, for the Rams. That the fact that he saw 108 targets last year, a career high 72 receptions. I know that it's Tyler Higby is not a flashy pick, but who do we feel confident is going to see the second most targets behind Cooper Cup in 2023? Do you think it's Puka Nakua? Lance McCutcheon. Do you think it's Choo Atwell, Van Jefferson? I don't. I I, I think that Matthew Stafford kind of tipped his hand. Where I think there were three games when they played together last year where Higby saw more than ten targets, and that was with Cooper Cup in the lineup. So that target volume I think actually gets opened up if Cup is on the field. He saw more targets when Cup played last year than when Cup was out of the lineup from weeks eleven to eighteen. I really feel good about the PPR floor of a tight end six finish last year from Tyler Higby. I see a hundred plus targets again for Higby in 2023. And I feel good about the quarterback tight end stack getting ahead of you and getting my guys, but now you don't
0: have to take them. So the joke's on me. All right, let's throw it back over to Kyle Soppy. You've got your quarterback left, two wide receivers and a tight end left to go. Where are we going?
2: Yeah, that's fair. I'll close out receivers here just because of what Derek said. And strategically, it doesn't make sense. I had a quarterback taken. In- in my my queue here, but he took uh, Purdy, who was my backup option. So I'll get my starter next time around. I'm going, Kyle. You mentioned uh, DPJ's link to MVS, and we're just going with all three three named receivers here. MVS is coming off the board along with Darius Slayton to fill out my wide receiver core here. For MVS, I talked up Rasheed Rice, and I believe it. I think he's got a head start on that short receiving role for the Chiefs, but MVS has the deep role, and that's. That's his and his alone. I don't see anybody really coming in to steal that from him on a consistent basis. Now, is it going to be four to six targets a week? Sure, he's not going to get double-digit targets at all, but those are four to six Patrick Mahomes targets that are coming deep downfield. To me, that's just as good as six to eight targets in a normal offense. I'll take my chances there over 17 yards per catch for his career. He keeps doing that. He's paying this off. And Darius Slayton, I'm just going all home run hitters here. If two of them hit on a on a given week here, I'm going to have an advantage in a game like this where there's no such thing as stability. We're picking guys outside the top 10 rounds. You can't tell me you've got a guy penciled in for 12 points every week. So I'm swinging for the fences every freaking week and getting it done with two of them. Daniel Dimes has improved his deep completion percentage each year of his career. Again, Darius Slayton is going to be running downfield. And that's – I mean, Jalen Hyatt, yes, I get it. He's an option in that offense. But they've got a million slot receivers – They've got Jones running all over the place himself and then Saquon Barkley. Stretching the field horizontally, so I think there's plenty of room for downfield threats in that Giants offense. Darius Slayton, one of my favorite sleepers this year, and a guy I'm grabbing in every draft, including this one. Marquez Valdez Scantling, wide receiver,
0: 69 off the board. Darius Slayton, wide receiver, 85. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come on. And listen, with this lineup construction here, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Darius Slayton. One week, Kyle Sapi's lineup may have 40 points from the three, I'm gonna win a from million those dollars. three guys. Then next week, zero. Uh, so very, very boomer bust, uh, no stability whatsoever. But again, you had to pivot because Jacoby Myers was your stability pick and yeah. couldn't draft him yeah. here. Thanks.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Guy. All right.
0: You have so far, uh, Jalen Warren at your running back spot, Raheem Mostert there as well. Then Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Darius Slayton. You will draft your quarterback and tight end here at your next selection. Derek has Brock Purdy at quarterback, both running back spots open here. Adam Thielen, Romeo Dobbs. One additional wide receiver spot open, and then Tyler Higby at tight end. Derek, where are we going here?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and, and you know maybe correct the pick with Darius Slayton. I'm going with Jalen Hyatt.
0: If going we're back, looking yeah. for
1: a vertical option in this passing game, Jalen Hyatt can absolutely boogie, can scoot down okay. the field. He looks like he's moving at a different speed than everybody else that tries to check him in man coverage. So he's not a complete product as a, as a route runner. I do worry about maybe people being able to rough him up at the line of scrimmage. But if you're telling me Brian Dayball's probably going to be moving him all over the formation, trying to get him in motion off the line of scrimmage to kind of negate any type of physical corner that tries to bump and run him at the line of scrimmage, and they're going to get vertical shots down the field. Load the box against Saquon Barkley at your own, I guess, risk or (laughs) at your own dismay because if you try to go one-on-one with Jalen Hyatt against a safety or something of that nature in the slot – You're asking for trouble and I think if you're going to get home runs in this offense, I think they're going to come from Jalen Hyatt. Do I think that there's probably a little bit of a slow start for him like there are for most rookies kind of Mm -hmm. integrating into the National Football League? Sure, but I think his role expands. I think that they're going to have packages for him kind of like the Green Bay Packers did for Christian Watson last year and we see that usage jump up as the season progresses. This guy is I mean with Darren Waller commanding attention. In the middle, intermediate range of the field, I think in play action for Saquon Barkley, Jalen Hyatt's the guy that the, the deep shot guy that I want in best ball formats and even in this type of league. Uh, so yep. that's one. I, that's one. I, I get it. I I, <laughs> I got to make one more, right? Um, Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Um. I I, I really want to see how this Philadelphia backfield is going to shake out. And there's a lot of reports that suggest that it's actually been Kenneth Gainwell who's getting the majority of the first team reps, first team carries, you know, when it came to targets from like training camp reports, it seems like DeAndre Swift is the preferred pass catching option. But at this point from who you're picking from, what better situation and and possibility do we see as a lead ball carrier in an offense that is a threat to lead the league in scoring and is one of the best running games in the national football league. Kenneth Gainwell to me is, is, Somebody that I really like and I I would be surprised if his ADP stays below 120 as we progress into next weekend.
0: RB 52 off the board for Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, With how much positive news that we've gotten about Gainwell this off season, especially in training camp here in the preseason, I'm really, really surprised that it stayed that far down the board. You're absolutely right. We don't know how this backfield's going to play out, but man, take the shot on Kenneth Gainwell in the final round of your draft and see how everything plays out. Jalen Hyatt, I love the selection there. I would give him the edge personally over Darius Slayton. We'll see how things play out, but I will say I'm calling my shot here that we are going to see Jalen Hyatt pre-snap motion and then running a wheel route, uh, just that play, right? Pre-snap motion, get him uh, the momentum already built up, and it's a wheel route downfield for a touchdown in week one. I'm calling it right now. It's going to happen, Jalen Hyatt here uh big week in week one there I'm just planting my flag there all right let's go back over
2: Kyle Sapi you
0: have your quarterback position and your tight end position left to
2: fill I do and I have a very clear archetype for the receivers I'm doing in this exercise my man Derek's got Jalen Hyatt and the guy that might be the furthest thing from Jalen Hyatt in Adam Thielen (laughs) like the anti-Jalen Hyatt (laughs) yeah we're approaching this a little different yeah he's uh but I like it I like where Hyatt's at I like that we're both on a deep giant threat we just went different ways of doing it i've got all the upside and no we're all gas, no breaks over <laughs> here at soppy hq we're gonna we're gonna try to stabilize that a little bit with a quarterback tight end stack here and Derek carr and jawan johnson yep. two guys that i find myself getting early and often if i elect to wait on those positions and kyle mentioned kind of that dead zone in the 11 to 15 range of tight end johnson's going beyond that which i i just don't get he was fifth at the position in a dot last season in last year, there were 29 tight ends who ran at least 20 routes per game. Not exactly a big number. When Johnson hit that number, we're talking almost 10 half PPR points per game, which would have put him easily inside the top 10 at the position. I think he could sneak into the top 12 and be a tight end one for managers in leagues like that. And Derek Carr, I'm not going to sit here and confess that he could be a top 12 quarterback. I really I don't see the avenue because he doesn't really run the ball, but he does have a bona fide star. And, and Chris Alave like that we saw what he all he's done is produce fantasy stars at his wide receiver one position we've saw it with Amari Cooper we saw it with Crabtree we saw it with Devonte Adams last season the ADOC keeps ticking up and this offense is built for him to succeed so between Alave Shahid Michael Thomas comes back above Alvin Kamara eventually and then Jawan Johnson I think Derek Carr's thrown for 4,500 yards this year not going to run for money and maybe it's like 30 30. Touchdowns. Like I don't think he throws for 40 or anything like that, but I do think he has enough upside to cash bills in this sort of exercise. Juwan Johnson produced last year with Andy Dalton as his quarterback.
0: And say what you want about Derek Carr. He's an upgrade over Andy Dalton. Sorry, not sorry. Right? So uh Juwan Johnson, tight end 18 off the board. Derek Carr, QB 19 off the board. I like those selections, Sopi, to build out your roster. Your final All sleeper team here is Derek Carr, Jalen Warren, Raheem Mostert, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Darius Slayton, and Jawan Johnson at the tight end position. Derek, you have one spot left to fill. It is at the running back spot. Do I even need to guess who is going into this spot here? Well, you probably will guess correctly. I do want to bring up some names that are interesting,
1: though, because it's a sleeper format and maybe some honorable mentions. Uh, Guys like Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn didn't play in the the preseason finale. I think he's made this roster and I think that there's a chance with, you know, the last three years, there being two backs in the Dallas backfield, seeing at least a hundred carries. I, I think that Deuce Vaughn could be an interesting pick. I think Sean Tucker has a chance to potentially steal some looks away from Rashad White. Evan Hall is someone that definitely kind of intrigues me with the whole Jonathan Taylor situation. Christopher Brooks and Jaleel McLaughlin are two players to keep an eye on with the Den- Miami Dolphins and Denver Broncos respectively. But yeah, it's Roshan Johnson for me. Let let let's let's not. Let's not pretend that I'm going to take anybody else at this point. I do like Khalil Herbert as a player, as a pure ball carrier, but even in the last preseason game for the Chicago Bears, yep. a pass went right through the hands of mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert. And even on that right. screen pass that he caught, he bobbled the thing before he did take it all the way to the house and it was a nice finish and everything. But Again, I really believe that Roshan Johnson is the best pass catcher on this roster. I think he's the best pass protector in that backfield. And he gives you a lot of juice as far as on the ground. I see a lot of I see a lot of brilliance in his vision. He plays well through contact. Does a lot that Khalil Herbert does at a very high level. So again, I truly believe that Roshan Johnson is going to take this backfield. Um, Soppy was right to, to, to take running backs early and trying to make sure that I didn't get the one that I wanted to pair with him, but I still got the guy that I want. And I truly believe Roshan Johnson by about week four is going to be seeing 10 plus touches in this backfield, if not more. So, yeah, I'm in love with Roshan Johnson to wrap this thing up for for my entire sleeper squad.
0: Yeah, we, we even saw, like you mentioned in that final preseason game for the Bears, that it was Khalil Herbert. It started to become Khalil Herbert first and second down. And then it was Roshan Johnson on third down coming in. Right. I think even the coaching staff in that game was like, OK, this is this is a bit of a liability here for Khalil Herbert on third down. So let's get Roshan Johnson into the onto the field. And that is his path for playing time. So Roshan Johnson there uh, as your final selection to build out that roster. Your final team here was Brock Purdy at quarterback, Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson at the running back position, Adam Thielen, Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Hyatt and Tyler Higby to round it out. I will say a couple of honorable mentions here. Uh, Tank Bigsby is going at RB 50 off the board. He is someone that I would have definitely had on my radar here for this exercise. Kendra Miller at RB 54. K.J. Osborne. Kyle Sapi, I want to come back to K.J. Osborne because you had mentioned his name a couple times earlier on sure. in, in the training in training camp and in the preseason.
2: Haven't heard you talk much about him here recently. What are your thoughts here on K.J. Osborne? I think the talent is there to a degree. I'm just not sure that the role is going to be right away. I like Jordan Edison that much. I could be sold on him. Like I'm not going to lie. He could... Win that wide receiver two role. I just think there's a better chance than not that his role goes the wrong direction with time, as opposed to the right direction. And I'm a big T.J. Hawkinson guy. So if he's fourth in hierarchy in that offense, can Kirk Cousins support four guys? I don't. I don't know. Osborne, not really the type of profile I was looking at here but i'm more than happy to take him in the late rounds of a red yeah he's not uh decision. he's not going to get you 40 points one week and then zero
0: points the next so he was <laughs> off kyle Sapi's board uh yeah no, the only no other one that. that i wanted the only other one that i wanted to talk about was don Kincaid, uh tight end 12 off the board he's at 121 overall in the consensus adp so just inside this exercise don Kincaid going off the board at tight end 12 is crazy to me uh i don't know how you guys feel about him this year but that seems like a very steep price to pay for a rookie tight end who's the second tight end in his offense.
1: Yeah, I, I feel it's a bit aggressive. You're drafting him at what I feel like is kind of his ceiling, and some might argue, he's got a top five ceiling because he's playing with Josh Allen. Yeah, I get it, but um, yeah, last time I checked, Gabe Davis is still in that offense. Stefan Diggs is a target hog. James Cook is going to be involved out of the backfield. Dawson Knox isn't just going to completely disappear either, so right. can you confidently tell me that... Um, Dalton Kincaid is going to see 80 plus targets 90 like I can't so if and yeah it's a nice offense I get it but you're gonna have to have hyper hyper touchdown efficiency in order for him to hit that tight end 12 tight end 10 mark so to me I'd rather have other guys like Luke Musgrave as far as tight end rookie tight end dart throws even Sam
2: Laporta uh, I mean, I like Kincaid as a player. Just I don't, I don't see it this year. You're burying the lead. I mean, he's going three picks after Jacoby Myers. Why would I ever invest in Kincaid when I could have Myers three picks earlier? So let's, let's move on. You need to shut up about Jacoby Myers at this point. (laughs) You didn't let me pick him
0: today. All right, gentlemen, that will do it for the all sleeper team here. Uh, Guys, this was a ton of fun. Make sure if you are listening that you leave a rating and review over on podcast. Five-star rating review helps out the show in a major way. If you're watching this over on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops and then go over to pfnfantasy.com to get everything you need to dominate your draft here throughout the week if you're drafting on a monday night a tuesday night whatever the case may be i've got to draft myself here later on tonight uh or if you're drafting this next weekend pfnfantasy.com everything you need to dominate your draft all right that'll do it for derek tate and Kyle i'm kyle yates and we'll see you next time